47 of the Dual Shockers Shock Cast. Once again, I am your host, Logan Moore. And joining me for this nice, intimate little chat this week is Tomas Franzisi. Hey, dude. How are you? Good. I just got back from my uh, huge trip to Poland and had a ton of fun there. And now I'm just kind of getting back into the groove of things in college. Are you are you jet lagged or anything, I would imagine, from a trip like I that? Actually- I kind of slept a lot because I actually was on a fall break for a, a couple days when I like first got back, so gotcha. I was kind of able to sleep a bunch then. And so now I'm kind of like I wanted to fix that before school because <laughs> like, I have class early on a couple days. That's good. Um, so for the show this week, it's going to be like I said, a nice little intimate podcast here with me, myself and Tomas. Uh, we're going to talk about a couple things. Uh, Shadow of War's out. I reviewed that. We'll probably touch on that here in a bit. Uh, the Battlefront beta happened. I know you've been looking forward to that, Tomas. I don't know if you've got a chance to play it yet, but we'll probably touch on that for a bit as well. Um, but I also wanted to ask you about your trip to Poland because, yeah, you went there. You checked out a bunch of games from, what is the studio robot? Uh, uh, well, um, a studio, an independent Polish studio based out of a Poznan robot gentleman. Yeah. They uh, they fl- gave, gave us the opportunity. And uh, so I flew out to Poland and basically the uh, the first day I got there I, I met a lot of cool uh, people from like other sites and the company too all the devs were super nice and cool and actually kind of like uh, showed us around the city because it's it's a very beautiful city it's it's been destroyed a few times because you know like history and wars and stuff but uh, <laughs> simply um, but it's still it was so beautiful it's not really like anything you get uh, here in the us so it was pretty cool too because i was also like the the like american there so that it was, I, I was gonna say what yeah. was it like being alone over it's, there for the most part and having to have you ever been out of the country before i'm not i don't know if i, I asked you that yeah i've been a couple times because i have a i have family in italy so I, i've like visited them before and then i've like been on a cruise and went to the bahamas so okay. but that's really about it but so <laughs> but this was my first like alone in a country i've never been to in eastern europe so it was it was pretty cool yeah, that but, uh, was uh, yeah. that was definitely something I think most of us were uh, gonna. I think a lot of us had interest in going to, on that if we could, but I don't think a lot of us had passports, or at least they weren't renewed at the time when it came up. So yeah, no, I, I was extremely lucky because the opportunity popped up like literally like a week I think before I ended yeah. up going. It was really short notice. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it was really it, cool that you were able to go. Um, yeah. So. Obviously, you're checking out a ton of games there. You went to the Twitch party as well and did some things with them. Um, why don't you give us a rundown of all of the, I'm sure you probably checked out quite a few different games. Um, but run down some of the ones that stood out to you. Um, some brief descriptions, I guess, of each of them too, because I'm sure most people, myself included, aren't too aware of what these games are. Uh, what, what did you check out while you were over there? Okay, so... Like I said before, first day I was there, they kind of um, toured me around the city. And then uh, that night they had a reveal party for their new game. And so for those of you who don't know, uh, Robot Gentleman uh, developed a game called 60 Seconds. And it's basically this kind of uh, more like kind of dark comedic, uh, like a survival game where you have 60 seconds to kind of grab your family and like any supplies you can and then get into a, uh, <laughs> excuse me a fallout shelter and uh, then try to survive for like as long as you can. And a bunch of like weird stuff happens. Mm-hmm. And so uh, they, they announced basically like a sequel slash uh, spiritual successor to it named uh 60 parsecs. Mm-hmm. And so that's like, uh, it takes it into space basically. So how the first one was kind of like that, like, Oh, 
doomsday kind of atomic thing. This one's kind of like the atomic space race, kind of like space age kind of thing. So a lot of like pulp sci-fi inspiration and stuff. And they only had a uh, small portion of the game to try out, but uh, I should have a preview going up soon. And I don't know if it'll be up by the time this podcast is, but uh, yeah, no, that was, it, it was, it was fun. It was a cool game. And then, uh, so, but then the next day, uh, the, the Poznan Game Arena, which is like, I believe it's the biggest gaming event in Poland, uh, went on. And so the, there was a part of it and it was like, a, excuse me, um, like, yeah, there was like a Twitch had a huge booth there, like almost like an entire hall dedicated, dedicated to it, I think. And then there was a lot of, uh, Xbox and Nintendo there and, uh, but then there was this whole whole section, and it was uh, dedicated to indies, and I love that because it was it was just these really small booths with like two or three de- developers, where it was like the entire team there, and you could just kind of go up. And especially as press, they were kind of like, "Oh, let me show you my game." So it was a really cool, neat feeling. And then there was a uh, GIC, or they they, pr- they want to pronounce it uh, GIC. It's uh, basically this like game industry conference where they had a bunch of cool speakers come in. I believe. Uh, Josh Sawyer from Obsidian, I believe that's his name, and uh, like John Romero were a couple of the speakers there. So I, I met some pretty cool people there and like listened to some like cool talks and stuff. But uh, a majority of the time I spent was with uh, checking out the main indie games, and I think that was uh, I checked out around like ten or fifteen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So are you going to be doing previews and content for all of them, or how are you going to be putting that up on the site? You've already got a couple things up right now. I'm sure you'll be working on a lot more of it over the next week or so. But uh, There's a couple games you'll get uh, full previews on, but my plan right now is to do uh, one article where it's kind of like, here's like 10 games that yeah. are really cool that I checked out just because I, I looked at it and I was like, you know, I, I only spent about like a half an hour-ish with every game and I was yeah. kind of like, I don't want to kind of like do a half-hearted like 600-word preview. I'd rather do like a substantial shorter thing on every game. Yeah, that makes sense. We did something like that after E3 as well. It was more of a group feature uh, with everything that we all checked out. But yeah, we did something similar during that, I remember. He's taking it. Yeah, sorry. Water. Uh, (laughs) But um, yeah, so I just, yeah, so I'm going to do like one huge conglomerate article with that. But there there was a lot of uh, cool games I checked out. So let me go to my list and... uh, (laughs) Uh, walk you guys through what I saw. So like I mentioned before, there was a uh, 60 parsecs. And then um, at the same party there, I played a game called, um, I believe it's Die for Valhalla. I met that dev too. Um, very cool game. It's this, uh, it's kind of like side-scrolling beat-em-up, like think uh, Castle Crashers inspired kind of game. Okay. Where you play as like four Vikings and you're beating a bunch of like these like weird enemies. But uh, every time you die, you turn back into a Valkyrie. And then you have to go and uh, possess, like, different objects. And so you can go to, like, tombstones of, like, dead Vikings and then turn back into them. And those are certain classes. So you can have, like, a, a swordsman or, like, a like a bowman or something. And then – or you can possess, like, a bush or a barrel and, uh, <laughs> like, spawn health. It was pretty funny. I was just, like – everybody was fighting and then I just possessed a bush and it was, like, spawning <laughs> a bunch of health. Um, but the guys I was playing was pretty funny. But – uh. And then, so so that game was a, a ton of fun. I'm a huge fan of uh, Castle Crashers, so of course Same, I was yeah. Uh, yeah. drawn to it. And uh, of course, the dev was kind of like, "Oh no, it's its own thing." But if you liked Castle Crashers, uh, you'll you'll probably like the game. It was fun. It's an easy way to explain to people what the mm-hmm. game might be like on a podcast where they can't see video footage of it. Yeah, or so, so yeah, no, no, def- definitely look it up. It's it's pretty like cool looking game. And then uh, 
one I only checked out uh, briefly was, uh, I believe it's Nightwolf. It's like this uh, retro 80s inspired, think like a Kung Fury kind of Thunderdome game. But it's with like cars. So you're kind of in this like decked out 80s cars. There's like, you know, like EDM kind of like, you know, very, very like 80s stylized yeah. theme where you're finding a bunch of cars in an arena. So, I mean, if you like kind of those more arena based car shooters, a little bit like a Twisted Metal kind of. Um, it's like Kung Fury, I guess, would be the best way to explain that one. Uh, but yeah, no, so that one had a cool 80s vibe about it. And then um, at the uh, PGA event the next day, I checked out this uh, game. It's already out called Cosmic Kites. And there's kind of like Snake where you had to hit, like where you had to avoid the tail of you or your opponent and try to rack up points. Yeah. Seems like a uh, pretty fun co-op game. And then uh, another one was uh, Helleborn, which is like a... Uh, the name of the older games escaped me, but basically it's a, it's like a helicopter simulation game. So they have a bunch of different uh, helicopters and you can fly them. They all have different purposes and you're trying to uh, catch certain points on a map and stuff like that. Uh, it had some pretty interesting uh, campaigns too. Cause I remember the ones I think I saw were uh, it's like the Russian invasion of Afghanistan, the Vietnam war. And then like the, the conflict in like Kosovo were a couple ones. So it kind of straight away, like, a lot of those games are like World War One, or no, but uh, like World War Two is kind of the big thing for a lot of those games. So it was it was cool to see it kind of focus on these like uh, smaller conflicts. You know, like MG, uh, Metal Gear Solid Five did the uh, Russian Afghanistan thing. Yeah, they did. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And then I checked out uh, Echo from Ultra Ultra. We That's had a preview. Right. I was gonna say that all right now. Yeah. I think it, as yeah, well. it came out the day we recorded this on PS4. It was already available on. PC, and uh, it's a cool stealth game where basically the enemies learn depending on what you do because it switches between like a day and a night phase. And so during the day, if you like jump in water or do like a mega jump over a ledge or sprint a lot, like and the enemies see that, they'll kind of adapt. So if you start shooting a lot, the enemies are more likely to like start shooting back mm-hmm. at you. It but then at like night, really, it sounds like a really cool concept, yeah, because the AI continues to learn and adapt to whatever it is you do, but then you got to get through that yeah. same portion of the game uh, and dodge what it is that they learn from you or get past it that way, yeah. right? Yeah, basically, yeah. And then it switches to a knight, and the enemies can't copy you there, but it's also kind of more... Not really a more survivor... Survivor? Uh, no, survive, survive, I can't speak today. Survival horror. Like horror, kind of, but, I mean, it's not, like, that scary. But, yeah, like, you kind of have, like, a little small area of you, and you just kind of see these people who look exactly like you walk in, and then, like jump up on you uh but yeah no but it was it was really cool it seems like there's some more like kind of like deeper story to it too like uh you know what i mean like kind of one of those not not walking simulator stories but just just like a little more artsy i feel like those kind of things it seems cool also had a super cool uh menu it's uh in a weird uh compliment but it's her eye and then you like move it to like choose the different options but it's like a super detailed eye so <laughs> that was one of the uh, weird things I liked about it. But yeah, that one was fun. It's uh, it's from former uh, Hitman devs. So like you could kind of see a little bit of the uh, stealth influence there. Yeah. And yeah. Then, um, everything I've seen about that yeah. one looks cool. Um, mm-hmm. I kind of want to check yeah. it out, but there's just too many other things out right now. Oh, yeah. No, it's a crowded month. Um, and then uh, another one that I actually haven't seen too much about online, but I thought was pretty cool was a... Uh, it's called Castle of Heart. It's by like a smaller developer called Seven Levels. 
mm-hmm. and it's coming to a Nintendo Switch next year. And basically, it's like this uh, 2D medieval game where you play like a uh, like a knight who is turned into like a stone like being by an uh, an evil creature, like an evil like wizard. So you're going to like I think like defeat him and save the princess. I mean, like that's not too like uh, like out of nowhere, but uh, your health constantly decreases because you're like this kind of stone guy, and so you have to constantly like be finding health or getting to like these shrines, basically. Mm-hmm. On this, it's, it's side scrolling, so it's not exactly like a uh, Dark Souls, but the combat's uh like kind of heavier, like that. Uh, the devs said that uh, they got a lot of uh, inspiration from like Castlevania for it. That makes sense. So it's yeah. pretty cool. And you can like interact with the environment, like shoot down fire, set a thing on fire. So, uh, that sounds and, uh, cool. that, yeah, no, and it's one I've like basically heard nothing about. So I was pretty intrigued, uh, by what I played. It's, it sounds like and, you saw a bunch of cool stuff, dude. Like, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm not even like halfway through. I was going to say, it, it might be better served if people just check out your final preview because they can probably see, uh, pics mm-hmm. and stuff like that. So keep an eye out for that probably what within the next oh. week or so I'd say. Can I can I hit three more games really? For quick sure. Then? Yeah, go ahead. Okay, yeah. Uh if I did uh, give three more um there was this one called a uh, Sari Adventure. It's uh it's basically this kind of puzzle game where you play a little alien and then you uh you go around and you have to like kind of recruit other aliens with your little like uh senses and you solve puzzles with them so you know like some can like break down large objects or pick things up. And see if they combine them. So that that one I saw had a lot of potential. And then uh, there was one called uh, or Badass Hero, which I, I previewed like months back, and it's kind of like this uh, comic zone inspired run and gun game. And so like you go through the different comic book panels and try to basically like beat this comic, uh, but it's like a roguelite. So if you die, you have to start over again. Yeah. And then uh, my memory of us, which is like this kind of like a uh, like puzzle platformer, which was really cool so okay yeah <laughs> and then i checked out a bunch more you can uh check out my twitter i listed most of what i played and then stay tuned for yeah, that you, article and stuff you were I tweeting played. out a bunch of pictures and stuff like that at barking gecko 99 so go check that out i think we retweeted a lot of them on the official dual shockers account as well so they yep. may have been popping up in your feed if you're following us there already um but yeah, dude, it looked like a ton of fun. I was definitely jealous that you were able to spend some time over there and check out all that stuff. Did, were you able to check out any of the food over there or anything like that? How was their how was the other cultural stuff over there? Their their food and their drink and uh, just the vibe of the city as a whole, I guess. Oh uh, yeah, no, I I love the vibe there. the The food itself, it's very uh, hearty, kind of. Um... Like the first night I was there, I got I got a super bad picture of it. It was like blurry, but uh, yeah. it was so good. It was basically um. Oh no, my screen went dark. Uh, okay. Uh, you're fine. I'm still here. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I just want to make sure nothing got disconnected. Um, but basically it was like this. Uh, they were like pierogies or potato pancakes, and then they basically put this like a uh, beef goulash or stew on top of it. It's so all looked kind of disgusting, but it tasted so good. And even like the guys I was with there, like they, like I, I couldn't even get through like half of it, and then I was just like so full, but it was so good. And yeah, and then uh, yeah, no, the, the food and the culture there is just like a uh, very kind of meat potatoes heavy uh focused, but it was good. And then then the city was absolutely uh beautiful, like just just the architecture and the colors. It was so colorful, like you know that they. they 
were just like, oh, you want to make this building cyan? Okay, let's do that. Uh, <laughs> yeah. That's tough. And I visited a croissant museum. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, I forgot about that. that. Was that cool? Yeah, that was fun. Yeah, no, that was fun. The, the guy who like uh, was showing us around there was was pretty funny. Um, <laughs> yeah, you told us about that before you went. I forgot about that. I forgot to ask mm-hmm. you about that once you got back. Um, it sounds cool, dude. Yeah, like I said, keep an eye out for everything else you'll have about that trip uh, up on the site soon. I'm sure. Um, as for other stuff, what was I saying? Oh, so I guess for myself, I did went and checked out um, Assassin's Creed Origins. About two weeks ago, played about three or four hours of that game. Um, that's gonna—that's a really promising game, dude. I think that's gonna turn out incredibly well. In fact, I think that might be the best Assassin's Creed game they've ever made. Um, I'm super positive on what I've played so far, and I—I've got—I've uh, got some—I've got a gameplay video up, and I've got my hands-on preview up right now. I'm going to have later this week. I will have my interview up with the creative director. Um, we've been just kind of staggering out some content. Uh, for that game leading up to release rather than releasing it all upon you at one time. Um, so I'll have that interview up later in the week, but that game is really fun, dude. Like I'm, I'm very, very excited for that game. And I know, I know it comes out the same day as Wolfenstein and super Mario Odyssey. And I feel like out of that group, Assassin's Creed has been the one that's getting kind of swept under the rug. Um, I think that might be the one I'm most excited for out of that group to play on October 27th though. Um, I'm, 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 I'm very excited for it. And I think there's a lot uh, that people should be excited about as well. There's just completely re- redefined RPG mechanics in that game. The combat feels way better than it did before. Um, I played it on an Xbox one X as well. So it looked gorgeous as you would expect. Um, yeah, no, uh, what I've seen of that game is pretty cool. I only, I've only played a little bit of a brotherhood and, um, I think black flag, which, uh, and, Black Flag was uh, fun, like the uh, ships and stuff there. But they're, they're making a full game about that now, so uh, I don't need to worry about that. But uh, yeah, Origins looked neat from what I saw at E3. It was kind of weird. It almost uh, reminded me of Witcher 3. Yeah, it is very oh, yeah. similar to that in a lot of ways, honestly. <laughs> I, I remember back in the, the E3 demo, he was just riding a horse into the town, and I'm like, oh, Witcher 3. Um, but I mean, yeah, the, the game does look cool. I'm glad they did like such a different setting because, you know, you can only do like... Oh, it's it's the Roman Empire. Oh, or, hey, it's or, another it's like Renaissance ancient Rome. town. Yeah, and it, now it's Constantinople, so it's basically that like similar thing. Yeah, but uh, it has a very different vibe to it because of just how the landscape of ancient Egypt works. Like, there's a lot of like you'll be in like just one desert. You'll be in a desertous region, and then all of a sudden you'll be in like a very water heavy area, like near the Nile or whatever. Uh, and then you're next to a bunch of pyramids. Like, it's just, the landscapes are quite varying, like, more than you would expect in something like that, um, which I thought was, mix things up for how big that game world, I think, is going to be. Um, mm-hmm. Very, yeah. I'm very excited to get my hands on that one. So, uh, that is something I played, like I said, like, a couple weeks back, and I think the preview's been up there now, but I haven't mentioned it on this podcast. Um the big thing I've played lately is Shadow of War, which is a controversial game for many, which maybe we'll touch on here in a second with the loot box stuff, because I know that's a commonality between both of that and Battlefront. Um, I really like Shadow of War, dude. Like, that game has... Um, if there's one thing I could say about that game, it has a ton of depth um, in both its systems, uh, with the RPG stuff and the leveling up and all of that. And then the Nemesis system is also way deeper this time because you have your own 
you have your own version of the nemesis system, which is uh, your friendly orcs that you're ranking up and putting into their own spots within uh, different fortresses that you control throughout the region in Middle-earth. Um, so you can build up your fortress to defend from other attackers once you take them over. Um, everything in that game is way more complex than the first one. It doesn't really feel all that different from the first one. Um, everything just feels bigger and more blown out, but I think it works in this scenario. Um, if they yeah, were, the, um... if they were to do it again for a third one, I don't know if it would play the same. Like, I don't, I don't, I think I'd be expecting a little bit more from a third entry. Um, but they iterated upon everything that they introduced in the first one. Yeah, the 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 first game, Shadow of Mordor, was uh my uh my second favorite game of 2014, and my uh first if you don't count Wolf Among Us, uh because that technically came in 2013. Um, but uh you know, but uh okay, I'm sorry, I'm using filler. Uh, no, you're good. But it just I love the gameplay of that because I remember everybody was saying like, oh, it's an Assassin's Creed ripoff. I actually thought it was closer to the Arkham games with yeah. the, the combat and how it played. Like when everybody was comparing it to Assassin's Creed, I was kind of like, "No, this is a uh, like Arkham and Arkham Knight hadn't been out at that point, so it kind of like it really filled that like niche I need because it was right in between like yeah. Origins and Knight." Yeah. So, uh, um. Did you? Uh, so that's kind of the same thing I wanted to I, w- I want to ask you about because I know you're a big fan of those games as well, the Arkham games. We've talked about them here on the podcast before. Um. How do you feel about the combat with those games at this point? Because the one thing, the one issue I think I had with Shadow of Mordor, or one of the things I briefly mentioned in the review for about a paragraph, was that the combat is still really good, but nothing has been done to iterate upon it in quite some time. Like, when they first introduced that style of combat in 2009 in Batman Arkham Asylum, it was, like, revolutionary and a ton of fun to play and i think it held up for the most part throughout five six years after when they did it in the subsequent arkham games and origins and arkham city and then in arkham knight then obviously mordor took it as well shadow of mordor uh shadow of war has it now too Uh, mad max another warner brothers published game did a similar combat style to that so like a lot of these wb published games have used that style of combat uh, but we're getting to a point with Shadow of Mordor where we've seen it so many times that it hasn't changed from its initial like uh, debut in 2009 that I'm looking for a new developer to come along and kind of iterate upon it a little bit more because it's not that it's getting stale. That's the weird thing is it's not getting stale. It's just my brain kind of goes on autopilot at this point when I oh, do it. Yeah. It's not really engaging with me anymore. Which is, uh, I don't want to say disappointing because, again, it's, like, not bad. So it's this, like, weird middle ground of, like, you're not doing anything new, but that's okay, I guess, to a degree. Um, Mm -hmm. I have a a couple things on that. One, I think it's a system that can be very poorly copied. Because I think, like, there's games like the uh, the Amazing Spider-Man, like those movie tie-in ones. They were kind of like, oh, we're doing that combat, but... The thing about the Arkham games, which a lot of people don't notice until you point it out, is that the, the punching has, like, a rhythm to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that even, like, Shadow of War has that. So there's a certain rhythm where you kind of, like, get in it. And so it's not necessarily mindless, but your mind's just kind of like, okay, punch, 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 counter. Uh, so, yeah, it's it's very hard. To, it, it's been copied poorly a lot. So I think that put a bad taste in a lot of people's mouth. And then the... Uh, the Arkham games were also structured in a way where I think it prevented it from getting stale because uh, 
you had the the predator sections a lot like where you were kind of yeah. being more stealthy mm-hmm. or in the Arkham Knight is controversial that so may be the Batmobile. So I think those games did a good job with uh even though they kind of like spearheaded and like innovated with that combat, they uh they they always were doing like something else in addition to it. You know what I mean? Yeah, so. yeah, I agree. The things that have surrounded it have uh have changed in both the Arkham games and Shadow of War and Mordor. Um it's basically just the combat itself that I'm wondering if they can add any more spice to that uh, formula and oh, yeah. if, mix if, it up or tweak it because it is if, very if much w- the same at this point. If WB is going to keep copying it, they, they need to try new things. And I think with Lord of the Rings, there's there's stuff you can do there. You yeah. know what I mean? Like with yeah. how that world is. So I think if they wanted to, they could do something with that. But yeah, if you're just going to flat out copy like, oh, you got to punch in a counter button counter when the thing appears above your enemy's head like and there are different things like obviously mm-hmm. that use of a bow and then you have oh, certain abilities here and there like shadow strike and then the different uh different like uh ultra moves that you have and stuff like that like the ex- executions or the elven light that you can utilize stuff like that mixes it up but again it's not like it's not a change of pace. It's not anything different yeah. from what we saw in Shadow of Mordor, which is yeah. okay because Shadow of Mordor's combat is great. But mm-hmm. I think four another... hours of it just kind of showed to me that, like, oh, they didn't touch this part of the game at all. Another great thing about, uh, I think, that combat system, too, that I've seen some people joke around where they're like, oh, look at all the acrobatics Batman's doing when he's, like, fighting these enemies and he's punching. Uh, but it's it also makes you feel very, like, like a badass when you're doing yeah. it. like. One of my favorite things to do in Shadow of Mordor now, because I think I like pretty much hundred percented that game. I I don't I think I didn't like shoot down some of the birds or something. I don't know. I got uh, all the trophies in it. I don't know if that's a hundred percent. Yeah, I guess it is. But uh, yeah, no. But um, with that, I just like I was I maxed everything out, like you know, on the skill tree, and so I had like all the powers, and so I I've just occasionally turned it on for a couple hours and just kind of gone through, you know, like worked the nemesis system and uh. The original game was so great at like you basically the, the story in the first game was so bad. It's not it's could, not much better here. <laughs> uh, so that sucks. Uh but you can make your own stories so well in the original and I hope Shadow of War has that where like I could go in and be like, Okay, I want this orc to kill me and like work his way up. So like, you know, you, you can just you can do that and kinda craft yeah. the story to your liking and you can be this ultra powered guy. So basically I could go in and I could rack up like giant combos and then they basically just kind of decided when i wanted to die and then occasionally like if rng was on my side i'd get like oh yeah he's got a shield and a poison spear and he was kind of like tougher to take down yeah but uh you know so i I just think uh like the the system is very good at making you badass so i see why it's something they want to keep around but you are right where they kind of need to innovate or introduce new stuff around it a bit more Mm mm-hmm as that it's it's going to get boring eventually, and I'm sure someone will come up with something eventually that will be like, oh, how did we never think of that? But uh, because you know what I mean, going back to like early PS2, PS3 beat 'em ups, you're kind of like, oh, why 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 isn't the system in there? You know what I mean? Like it seems yeah. like something so obvious. Yeah, but uh, the new Nemesis yeah. stuff, like I said, is a ton of fun. Uh, if you really liked playing around with, um. If you liked playing around with the Nemesis system in the first game, I think you'll really like it here. And there's a lot more staying power with the game this time around. Like, everybody's been talking about this fourth act, uh, the Shadow Wars within the game, and, oh, it's such a grind and stuff like that. It's like, yo, if you love 
the nemesis stuff to this game and you like the fort building and you like the defending your forts and assaulting other fortresses, uh, this is going to be a ton of fun for you. Like this will keep you coming back for hours upon hours upon hours to continue this constant loop, which is really what that game is about. It is about doing that nemesis loop over and over again. And it is really satisfying to do, I think. Uh, mm-hmm. With that, yeah. though, comes all the complaints about the loot boxes and stuff. And which... yeah, they hid the. I guess they hid the. I is there like a true ending? Uh, so once... there's the way. Yeah. So the game's structured in four acts. At the end of Act Three, the game kind of ends, but not really, because um, like a big cutscene will take place, and then after that cutscene, it's like, and then this happened, but we had to wait and see what uh, the result of that was until after we did this, and then it's. It goes into the Shadow War stuff, which is like a 30... I've heard it's like anywhere from like 20 to 40 hour grind, depending on how quickly you can get through it. Um, so did you not play through that part for your I didn't your play review? through that for review, no. That's like the... That's considered, I guess, like the quote-unquote in-game content. Um, okay. So, yeah, so, I, so I, I, I didn't get very... That's... I didn't get very deep into that. I kind of dipped my toes into that and played it a little bit more the other day as well, but I still haven't done very much of it. Yeah, I see that's where the, the issue, I think, lies. I think if they drew a more definitive line at the end of Act 3, and well, they were kind of like, oh, this is where the plot ends, and now you have this endgame stuff, I think people would be slightly more forgiving of the, uh, how, I mean, I'm I'm speaking, I haven't played the game yeah. myself, but, uh, like, how if you, if it kind of, like, helps if you have loot boxes, like, that kind of makes sense if the plot's already beaten, and it's just kind of, like, you on your own, like, messing around in the game. I could see the loot boxes having like a bit more use there, but I think the fact that they took that like final cutscene and credits or whatever and put it at the end of that kind of made you feel like, oh no, I have to complete this. And then, especially for completionists, it's like a huge grind unless you're willing to pay money. Yeah, um, I don't think so. This is I've been preaching this in our comments for the review the past couple of days. I really. If the loot boxes are something that's holding you up from purchasing this game, unless that is just a hard line you are drawing, I highly encourage you to rethink it because I don't think the loot boxes have any effect on this game. I really don't. And this is this is it, it's not me standing up for loot boxes or anything like that. Because if you want to see me blast loot boxes, go read my Battlefront beta preview on the site because I ripped into that game for what they're doing with loot boxes, and we'll talk about that here in a second. I've played 40 hours of Shadow of War, 40 or more, and I do not think that the loot boxes have any drastic effect on any part of that game. In fact, they seem lazily implemented. They seem like they were shoved in within the last three to f- six months of development just because probably Warner Brothers wanted them in to get more revenue streams co- going in for the game. Um, they don't have any effect on the in-game content. Now, if you want to pour money into it and get more orcs and stuff like that, Obviously you can. I don't even like I can't really see a way that it's going to beeline the story content for you that much either. Um or the Shadow War stuff, I guess. Um I guess it could, but even then it's like not a guarantee nece- necessarily that it's going to get you through that stuff faster. It'll get you hired powered orcs, which I guess is what you need in those situations. Um but still it's not going to be that drastic of an upgrade, I don't think. In fact, I'd, I'd, I'd say that if WB was wanting to entice people to spend money on this game, they didn't do a good enough job. Like, that's how far I'd, I'd go to say with this. I really don't think the system... Don't tell them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't don't tell them that, though. Yeah. 
I don't, I don't think, game, I don't think the system really, I don't think the market is tied into the gameplay very much at all. And, I, and again, that is not just me saying that. That is coming from somebody who well, went into this game for review, and I was really looking to see if the microtransactions were going to have a large effect on the game. And I, they were totally an afterthought to me. Like I, I was like 20 hours into the game, and finally a prompt appeared on screen. It's like, oh, hey, by the way, you can go to the market. We have this market. I was like, I forgot that was even a thing in the game, and I went and checked it out, and uh, I looked at all my options. I was like, I don't see how really any of this would help me. Uh, no, thank you. And I went back, and I kept playing the game. Uh, it's it, it just you, it seems. Oh. I was just gonna say it seems very overblown. It seems that people have made up their mind on this one way or another before they even play the game. Now, if you don't like microtransactions or loot boxes. I understand. I don't like those things either. So if you're drawing a hard line to not purchase games that have those things in them, I can understand that and I can respect it. But if you are, if that is, if the loot boxes in Shadow of War are your one bugaboo between you purchasing or not purchasing the game and you're like on the fence, I would highly encourage you to still pick the game up because I really think it is blown out of proportion. Yeah, it's... I think, I mean, you've kind of been our, uh, like, microtransaction guy recently. Like, you did uh, NBA, Shadow of War, yeah. and uh, Star Wars Battlefront 2, which recently. And then there's, like, some creation club stuff, but I don't even want to get into that because it's, like, a whole thing of its own. Um, there's Forza 2, I guess, but I haven't yeah. checked that out. Oh, yeah, and Forza. Uh, but, yeah, no, I just think we, we had, like, four very big games in, like, a two, two-and-a-half-month span that all had, like, I mean, you're saying Shadow of War isn't very obvious, but apparently the internet didn't take it that way. Yeah. So, so I think you just have you have all these like YouTubers and like stuff, and then companies are like kind of rubbing it in your faces and stuff, like where they're kind of like they're kind of announcing it beforehand, almost like how the Shadow of War thing, like they announced it a couple months before it came out. Yeah. Whereas with a uh, Battlefront two, it wasn't even like it was briefly mentioned in uh, I think like the video John Boyega did. Like he was like, oh, and you can pick up loot boxes, and then I was like, oh wait, there, there it is, and that was like a couple weeks ago, and then I remember the, the beta hit, and then everybody was like, oh, these are the worst thing ever. But um, yeah, I just think uh, the community's gotten really toxic around that, uh, and I, I completely, a hundred percent understand why. For the most part, I'm, I agree. Yeah, I like, agree I, with I them. Think, but, I think uh, toxicity. I think toxicity is a good word. I think people are really leaning into this because. I mean, I'm right there with you. It feels good to be angry about something every now and then. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah. I the, think the this one... is the, oh. with Shadow of War specifically, I think it is the wrong thing to be angry about. Again, unless your platform is, why are they included in the first place? I yeah, can see... totally understand that. Yeah, that, like that makes sense. But I the don't thing, think I... the thing with Shadow of War is to be mad about how they're implemented. That, that's the, the thing... only thing I'd say about that. Yeah. The, the thing I wanted to propose to you there, which uh, Battlefront 2 really got me think, I'm thinking about this, is that... I remember a couple months ago they were like, oh, there's no season pass, but yeah. there's these microtransactions. So the question I want to pose to you and our uh, listeners uh, is, would you rather prefer a $15 season pass or $20 season pass or 40, even in like Arkham's case? Well, yeah. Like let's just say $40 season pass with Arkham Knight. Would you rather Arkham Knight have a $40 season pass or have loot boxes? I'd you know say I mean? I'd say season pass every time. Same. That's that's kind of the boat I'm in. Where if I mean yes, you can say they're cutting out 
content and they're not developing it. But I think at least with like an expansion like that or a season pass, you can kind of say like, okay, here's the base game. And then here's the side stuff we're not really like focusing on mainly until we finish the game. Mm-hmm. Whereas with loot boxes, I think games like I think uh, League of Legends, Dota, Overwatch, basically Blizzard and Valve did them well. Yeah. Uh, and then, then, but like, the weird thing about were, that is that know, Blizzard kind of popularized this whole no, no, thing. No, th- no, that's that's exactly what happened. Overwatch became this huge game last year. They made a crap ton of money off the microtransactions. So WB and Microsoft and uh, 2K and everybody looked at that, and then everybody was like, "Oh, loot boxes were implemented very well here." And then what they heard was, "Oh, we like loot boxes." Is basically, I think, the vibe they got from that. And they were like, oh, well, if people are going to gamble in our games like that. It is gambling. I know the ESRB said the day it wasn't. But uh, in my mind, it, it is kind of that gambling uh, aspect to it. It yeah. has that. But, um, yeah, I think they just saw that there was a huge like market there, basically. And I don't think they expected the backlash they got. Because, I mean, companies like Blizzard, too, is that there? there's a lot of diehard fans that will like defend Blizzard to the grave. I personally... Uh, I'm not a fan of Overwatch's loot boxes. Yeah, I don't. Yeah. Um, I think people with, say oh. it's cosmetic, and therefore I think it's okay. So when you see these crazy people pouring fifty dollars into loot boxes, it's like, look, if you really want a mercy skin that bad, go for it. You're not altering anybody else's gameplay my, experience. My problem with that too is, I think if you're going to have like, oh, it's cosmetic only, it should be you. Should be able to have a bit more control over it, even just if it's still kind of that gambling system. You should like, outright be able to purchase a certain skin for yeah. maybe two, three, yeah, that four dollars, five dollars. Duplicates something. should not exist in loot boxes. If yeah. your game has loot boxes, it should not have duplicates. Like when when I hear that there's duplicates in games like these, like I'm just, it is gambling at that point because if you're yeah. risking not getting something from like the money you're putting in, that that's uh, gambling. But so I think that's just it's a huge problem in my mind. I think Injustice 2, I don't remember exactly because it's been a, like a little bit since I played it, but I think with a, it kind of had a loot box microtransaction system too. Uh, but people didn't really complain about that because you got like a, a ton of in-game currency and you could also, I believe, kind of set it to certain characters. Yeah. So you were like, oh, I wanted to hi- like get a bunch of stuff for a Harley Quinn or a, like Dark Side or something. That's the other thing so, with Shadow of War like, is that there's a lot of in-game currency to buy loot boxes that only cost money with in-game currency. So you can still buy like mm-hmm. I have enough in-game currency right now in Shadow of War to probably buy like 35 loot boxes if I wanted to. So yeah, so it's kind of it's very. I think I think for that game it's very much blown out of proportion. Oh yeah, totally. But I mean, like, so I just I believe if loot boxes, I'm not going to say outright like. Oh no! Game ever should have loot boxes because, like, go the ninety nine percent. But uh, I just think if if you're gonna put them in your game, if any developers are listening, uh, if you're gonna put them in your game, just please give us either make them cosmetic only, like worst case scenario, like Overwatch did. Like, don't don't put weapons, don't put like don't do a stuff that like affects progression or multiplayer yeah. in it. Uh, and give players customization over what they want. You know still, what I mean? Still allow people to purchase mm-hmm. normal things. Because that way, I mean, we'll talk about Battlefront now, I guess. Yeah. Since we're kind of naturally going that direction. That's my biggest problem with that beta. And I don't know if the full game is going to be like that or not. Because they've said 
Pretty sure EA or DICE has said that the beta might it might not be reflective of the full game, so who the heck knows what that's going to mean. I could see them doing a 180 after the, the huge <laughs> I mean, backlash it got. Like, pot- the, potentially, still... it's, pre- it's pretty close to release, but I guess they could fix oh, something. No. It just it, seems so integral. Yeah. The loot box loot crate mm-hmm. seems so integral to the experience at this point. Oh, that's yeah, the no problem. They're, they're not going to get rid of it. I think they may make it like a little bit more consumer friendly of a system because like it sounds really frustrating right now yeah so i wouldn't be surprised if it came out and you had a few more like class specific options or something from like the complaints i've heard about it because i haven't had a chance to play it myself yeah uh but yeah so so i could see them like really quick things like in the the next like week two weeks before the game goals well the one thing that i mentioned uh, in my preview was it despite the complaints a lot of people may have had with battlefront one or whatever 2015 battlefront i guess that's what i always gotta call it um, it had a good unlockable system, I thought, especially with the hut contract stuff that unlocked, um, that was added about three or four months after release where you, I don't know if you ever did that. I can't remember how long you said you stuck around, but the hut, hut contract stuff was yeah. cool where you would go in and you'd pay credits to get, unlock a, uh, mission from job of the hut. And then it was like, kill 75 people with this weapon type and kill, uh, 12 people with uh, this mine or something like that. And once you did that, then you unlocked the new gun and it forced you to play a little bit differently and it was also unlocking specific things you wanted. So you were spending credits on things that you wanted specifically. Like, I really want this gun. I'll drop 5,000 to unlock the parameters to uh, then go work towards unlocking this gun. That stuff was cool. Now everything is tied to random drops. Like, that is not satisfying at all. Like, when I got a weapon in Battlefront 1, it was because I had spent money on it and worked uh, worked the system to, or played a lot of matches to unlock the criteria to unlock the weapon. Now it is just, oh, cool, I got this star card. Oh, cool, I got got this weapon or this uh, cosmetic feature or whatever. Like, none of that is satisfying just because it's all random drops. And there there's specific loot crates where it's like, I think there are specific loot crates for specific classes, if I'm correct, that you can unlock. But even then, it's still not fun. Like, the, it's just that random element to it. Like, I don't know what I'm going to get. This kind of sucks. I wish I, I wish I had a little bit more say in what I was going to get because... I open this loot crate and oh, I got two star cards for my sniper class and one for my officer class. And I'm primarily playing as an assault character, so neither of those really help me. Like you you can't you can't pick and choose what it is that you want to level up as really in the game, which yeah, sucks. Like, like if you had like an assault box or an officer box, I think like that that'd be a better way to implement it instead of just like I said, I haven't played my, played it myself, so I don't know exactly how it works. But it sounds like it's just kind of like a general loot box you they buy. They have a couple different variants, but I can't remember. Okay. I can't remember what they are. I think one might be for soldier characters, and I think another might be for, like, uh, starfighters or something like that, if I'm correct. I'm not sure about that, though. Mm-hmm. And what sucks about that, too, is that other, besides the loot boxes, that game seems so good yeah it's that's what sucks is that the gameplay is really fun and the map the game is gorgeous like i'm I'm gonna hate if like these reviews come out and they say it's the greatest star wars game of all time but it has loot boxes you know what i mean like that's the huge like bugaboo like you said uh yeah no it's just when i heard that i kind of winced because it's just it's something too that even if it's not a huge issue like the internet's gonna like destroy the crap out of the game for and like you said it, it may actually be 
a big issue with that game. Well, yeah, because where... it's just so tied to the core of the multiplayer experience. Yeah. And of course, we got a campaign mm-hmm. now, so hopefully that turns out well. Um, but that'd still only be like, I mean, like I'm I'm all for the campaign. Don't get me wrong. Five to six hours, that's... maybe something yeah, like yeah, that. That's if we're thing. lucky. I'm hoping that offline content will be really good because I mean, like pretty much most of my time was Battlefront Two. My favorite game of all time was uh, like the original one was offline. So if it can still deliver, like if I can just go into like a the, the arcade mode, which I think is kind of like instant action, and go on like all sixteen maps and just mess around and not really have to worry about that. Like hopefully, I I hope at least that's like not somehow touched by the loot boxes. Yeah, but. Uh, so I think I, I will still probably be happy with the game. It's it's something too. I considered not getting it after like everything I heard about the loot boxes. It's something I kind of have to get, and I think that's kind of the, the sucky thing about them doing this with Battlefront Two, is that like it's basically a guaranteed purchase for me. So yeah. I was kind of like they got you kind of like because of the Star like, Wars Battlefront it. license. Yeah. So it's yeah. It's it's very. It, it was. I, I it seems kind of obvious right now too. Like when they were like, "Oh yeah, there's none of the season pass you all hated from the first game," and everybody was like, "Oh yeah," like n- now looking back, that was totally them like EA going like, "Oh well, people didn't like this, so let's replace it with what was successful in Overwatch." Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because like, pe- industry moved away from season passes because what people are doing the loot boxes right now is what happened with season passes for years before they went away, mm-hmm. and then I think like I mean in loot boxes like this of like been around a long time like any basically card packs for magic the gathering or whatever like it's this it's that same mentality where it's like it's it's nothing new i just think it's become more prevalent and it's relied more on like real world in-game currency and it's becoming more like required almost yeah so i I think that's why it's being more of a problem because i mean if it's a side thing the, the companies are businesses so they're going to have to uh, survive somehow. If I see Nintendo do loot boxes, I'll know something's up. But uh, <laughs> yeah, Super Mario uh, Odyssey loot boxes. Get ready for oh, it right yeah. now. <laughs> yeah. Um. But it's just it's it's the way the industry's going. It's not a way I like seeing it going. But I I hope that it's it's not something that sticks. It's kind of like it's a sucky thing too because I don't want to say like oh I want a forty dollars season pass instead. And I don't want to say like, oh, I want to charge a hundred bucks for the game, but games are getting more expensive. Well, people always make the argument that the season passes are like cutting out content. I don't, I don't know. I don't do that. It, it depends. There, there's, there's a few games where it's very clearly like, oh, here's this whole like five hour mission day one. Like, okay. Yeah. I understand where that complaint yeah, comes from. Yeah. I agree. But then when it's like, oh, here's a fighting game, like a year or here's like a new fighting game character a year down the line. Yeah, like, or that's it's, it, really when it. when people are like, we have a roadmap for this game 12 to 18 mm-hmm. months after, and it's like, oh, that's just content that's been cut out. It's like, what are you talking about? Like, this like, isn't, it's a this isn't landing until, like, like what we're doing. yeah, this isn't <laughs> landing until, like, a year or more after initial release. It's obviously not being cut out. So, yeah, mm-hmm. I think that stuff's kind of weird sometimes when people complain about that. But, uh, yeah, I... Uh, I, I don't know, dude. I, I'm still going to probably be there for Battlefront as well. I'm still very excited to play it. There's still many aspects of that game that excite oh, yeah, me. Totally. Um, it's, uh, I think I think we checked out the game at New York Comic Con or something. I, saw, yeah. I think our coworker Noah did that. Uh, yeah. But, you yeah, know, it's... We'll have, we'll have more leading up to yeah. launch. I think that's up to mm-hmm. uh, coming up. That's, yeah, hopefully. Uh, so pay you know, attention the, for that. But uh, The graphics, the sound, and the story all look 
like amazing for that game. So I I just how much time do you have tonight? I think the beta has been extended. It goes till tomorrow. No, I can't right now. Right now, too busy. (laughs) Yeah, sorry. Do you have your console Uh, with you at school? I can't. Yeah, no, I. I do. I just. I can't. I don't have time right now. I have stuff I need to do for yeah, school. I'll. I'll just wait till the game comes out. Uh, you and me both. I gotta <laughs> go cover an esports yeah. tournament this weekend, so that'll be fun. Uh, so, you know, it's it's a game I'm still looking forward to. It sucks that the loot boxes are what happened happened, but I mean, just ignore them if you can. Is honestly my thing. If you yeah. if you still really want to get Battlefront. Buy Battlefront, just don't buy the loot boxes. I mean, you know obviously I mean? you can't buy them, but again, that's what I said. It's those those are core to the multiplayer experience. Those are core to leveling oh, up yeah. your characters. Can, so if, you're going to be opening them regardless. You just obviously don't need to pour your own money into them. You can use the in-game currency you get, but either way, you will be opening loot boxes in that game, which totally sucks. And they need to give people the option to purchase uh, weapons and a couple other things, probably like star cards as well individually, I think, to really make that system. I'd be mm-hmm. fine with loot boxes if you could outright purchase things like that. Um, it's just the the random element of those things sucks. I, I don't I don't like this. Yeah. I don't like this trend at all. And I think everybody is um I think everybody's jumping on the hate train with loot boxes and part of me's happy with it. It just make make sure take it on a game by game basis. Like don't just hear loot boxes or microtransactions and lose your mind because there are plenty of games where they have been more than avoidable that you haven't needed to spend a dime of your own money. Uh like Metal Gear Solid yeah, five just, comes to mind. Like that game had microtransactions as well and no one said anything just, at that. Like most games nowadays have microtransactions tucked away somewhere, it seems like. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it's, it's we just kind of need to, to draw a line where it's like you can have them, just don't make them like be required. Basically. Yeah, just don't tie like, them to don't have it, them mm-hmm. have an effect on the core gameplay. If if you want them like off in the side, like 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 it sounds with a Shadow of War, that's fine. But if it's something like NBA or like Star Wars Battlefront, where it seems like it hampers progression, yeah. It's like then then that's that's a problem and that's where we need to draw the line. But I don't think you should automatically hear like, oh, this game has loot boxes and go like like crazy over it. But yeah. I, I do think we just if your wallet's what matters. So I mean, whether it's you don't want to buy the game or you don't you want to buy the game and not buy the microtransactions, just like don't get the loot boxes if you don't want loot boxes. Is basically the the best thing we can do as consumers and let them know that like hey we don't want loot boxes you know what i mean just just like make make the let the developers know because just standing there and pointing a finger and going like oh yay is like not going to do anything but just be just be be smart about Mm -hmm. it no the internet troll comments aren't going to get you anywhere so Mm -hmm. just uh yeah just express and again like i said if you if you draw your line in the sand with uh loot boxes and stuff like that and you feel like you can't buy it and more power to you you're at least voting with your wallet which is probably what more of us need to do in the first place so good on you yeah uh we've already been going for almost an hour so let's kind of start wrapping up here uh we no news this week obviously i mean we kind of talked about news that stuff right there has been really at the Mm -hmm. core of what i think is being talked about most with games right now so that was kind of topical for the week um new releases for the week though so we're recording this this is october 11th right now so we're in the midst of a couple big releases this week uh for what let's see october 10th so yesterday we had shadow of war released we had raid world war 2 release we had uh in cyber dimension neptunia 
four goddesses online on the PS4 released. And then we also have Tuhu Kobuto 5 Burst Battle. Sounds like a game that I would not be familiar with. Uh, we also have some Friday releases this week. We've got Chaos Child, which is out on Friday for Vita and PS4. And then we've got The Evil Within 2, which is, of course, appropriately out on Friday the 13th, which is that and Shadow of War, those standout releases for the week. Um, we're in the midst of October. There's a lot of stuff coming out. So we're going to have a big release every week from now until early November. I think what do we got in back-to-back weeks? We've got... Shadow War and Evil Within. Next week we've got Gran Turismo and South Park. The week after that we've got um, Assassin's Creed, Mario, and Wolfenstein. And we've got Call of Duty. So it's the next couple, four big weeks right here coming along. And then we've got, of course, Destiny 2 on PC and a couple other things in there in the mix as well. I think we know what our game of the week is too. So uh, It's got to be Shadow. Shadow of War is yeah. the one I can speak to the most right now. Uh, we're in the midst of reviewing the Evil Within too. Um, we should hopefully have a review up for that sometime over the next week. So yeah, be on the lookout for that. We did get it earlier than normal from Bethesda, so that's good to see. <laughs> yeah, um, it's uh, Shadow of War. I'll probably pick it up at some point down the line. I just like haven't had the chance to right now. But uh, yeah, no, it it looks good. I mean, despite all the uh, microtransaction stuff, which we just spent like a half an hour talking about. Uh, You'll have a good time it, with it. It looks like a solid game. I'm, yeah. I, I'm looking forward to that. I need to pick up like that and Nier, I think, and Mario, and Xenoblade, and, and a couple other games. And yeah. Assassin's Creed and everything <laughs> yeah, else. I don't know how I'm going to tackle everything. Yeah, so, I don't either. I need some. Because I, I missed out on stuff from like earlier in the year, too. Oh, yeah, Persona 5. There's 100 hours. Uh, but <laughs> I still got it. So, too, dude. I got it. You and me both. Yeah, I'm going to. Um, winter break ahead of me. <laughs> Shadow of War is probably going to be pick of the week. I say yep. don't listen to the haters. It's a great game. 8.5 out of 10. DualShockers.com. It is a solid game. I really enjoyed my time with it, and I think you will too, especially if you enjoyed the first one. Like I said, it really iterates upon everything the first one did, um, which is what most sequels do. So it's kind of par for the course in that manner, but it's still a ton of fun to play, and I think you can get... More than your $60 worth from that game uh, because it is very extensive. Like, if you see if you see all the, everything the game, if you see the true ending through or whatever and you see all the Shadow Wars stuff through, you're probably looking at like 70 to 80 hours worth of content, if not more. I've heard other people estimate that it's like over 100. I don't know about oh. that necessarily. Uh, there's a lot of game there though. And if you, like I said, if you really like that nemesis loop, then you will be in that game for quite a long time. There's a lot to do in shadow four. So it's, uh, it's a lot of fun. Definitely one of the harder games I've reviewed just because of the size of the game. So but oh, yeah, RPGs are always funny to review. I think that was the biggest review I've actually had so far in terms of just sheer size and length of the game. So that was, mm-hmm. uh, that was interesting. Um, but yeah, for sure. Um, that's going to do it for this week's episode of the Shotcast. As always, you can find us on Twitter. You can follow the website. You can follow DualShockers at DualShockers. You can follow Tomas. He is at BarkingGecko99. And you can follow myself. I am at MoreMan12. Um, that's going to do it for this week's episode of the Shotcast. Uh, Tomas, thank you for coming on this week. Thank you, Thank you for, for checking out everything in Poland and getting back home safe and all that good stuff. Uh, we'll have plenty of new stuff up on the site throughout the coming 
days and weeks. We've got a bunch of stuff that we're working on quietly in the background. So it's a big time of year for previews and reviews and stuff like that. So a little bit less. I've noticed a little bit less news over the past week or two. Um, but yeah, it's review season. So that's what that's what you got going for you. But we got a bunch of big stuff coming up on Horizon. PSX really close. PSX is like right around the corner now. That I think Game Awards actually. Yeah, Game Awards. All that stuff is coming up very soon. Hopefully it's going to be. You here can repeat the Shik uh, Hydro. Yeah, hopefully <laughs> that'd be fun. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of stuff that is coming quite soon so uh that's gonna do it for this week again thank you for listening we will be back soon and until then have a good one